Good Shepherd is the topic today. The Good Shepherd, we're discovering Jesus. Um, last week, we, we dove right in and we talked about how he is the resurrection and the life. This week, we're talking about how he said he's the Good Shepherd. And so we're gonna, we're gonna open God's word to John chapter 10. Um, and as we get into God's word this morning, let me just pray. God, I thank you so much for your word. God, it's a light to our feet. God, it guides us. And so we just lean in to what you have to say to us today. And I pray for every person, no matter what their background is, no matter what they're carrying this week, that you just lead them. God, that you can pull us close and that we can hear your voice today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You might have had an experience when you were young where you touched something hot, right? Maybe you walked up to the stove and, and you grabbed that burner or touched a pan that was on the stove and you realized really quickly that you're never going to do that again. Anybody ever had that experience? Um, maybe you remember last week when I talked about falling out of the treehouse and when I stepped through the hole in the floor and I fell all the way to the ground um, and then I ran to tell my mom because I was in so much pain. Well, guess what? That never happened again, right? I learned from that pain painful experience, I'm not going to do that again. Maybe you told a friend a secret and it didn't stay a secret. Anybody ever been there? Maybe you thought you could trust a boss and you gave it all you had. And then all of a sudden they went behind your back and, and, and because of politics or whatever, promoted somebody back into the spot that you worked for. And you're like, well, I'm never working hard again because it obviously wasn't recognized. We all have a story of something that was painful and because it was painful, we're never gonna do X, Y, Z ever again, right? Maybe it was a leader that you trusted, that you put your whole kind of heart in. Man, you trusted him, you loved him. Maybe you, you even put them up on a pedestal a little bit higher than they should have been. And then when you got hurt or when you got betrayed or when you got stung, it hurt deep. And maybe you said to yourself, I'm never going to trust somebody like that again. You know, all kinds of painful experiences in life lead us to have trust issues, lead us to have these issues where we're just like, I don't know if I can believe that. I don't know if I can trust that. And a lot of it stems to bad leadership. And we, we kind of get in this attitude where I'm fending for myself. I'm hard, it's hard to know who's really going to stick around. I've been burned. And so I'm just going into this self-preservation mode. And I'm, maybe I'm going to go to church and I'm going to go to school and I'm going to go to work. But man, I'm looking out for numero uno because I just don't know who I can trust. Has anybody ever been there? Man, when I uh, drop my kids off for school on, uh, you know, every day I drop them off. That's, that's one of my jobs in the morning. And I just walk kids, I watch kids walk by and, and, you know, I think about, man, what are they going through? And the Bible says that the eyes are like the window to, the, to your soul. And, and, and sometimes I look into some students' eyes as they're walking by and, and, and all I see is that they're lost, that they're hurting, that they got nowhere to go. And, and, and one thing that just really stands out, you can always see in a kid's eyes when they got no, nowhere, nobody they can trust, right? But we can all identify with that. We got stung, we got burnt, we got hurt, and we're never gonna do that again. And then I can see it from the other side of the coin. As a pastor and as a leader, and in the last year and a half, ever since all, you know, our, our country got turned upside down with the, the COVID crisis, 
um, I, I have come to a very real realization that no matter what I do and no matter how well I try to lead and no matter how much I try with the best of intentions and the purest of hearts, um, and, I'm, and I'm not saying my heart is always pure or always perfect, but I'm try, I'll try my best and guess what? It's never good enough. There, and, and that's part of that's just leadership and just life. There's always gonna be somebody that throws stones. There's always gonna be somebody that doesn't approve. But it's almost like it's just, it's just gotten hotter over the last year and a half. And every issue is a hot button topic and everything is a big deal and everything has opinion attached and, and just weights attached. And all that's done is make it even more ambiguous and more murky about who can I trust and who can I believe in and what is my foundation. In the Old Testament, they had these kind of problems too. In Jeremiah 23 and 25 and Isaiah 56 and Zechariah 11 and Ezekiel 34 and all these different um, uh, passages in the Old Testament, the writers actually talked about how bad shepherds, okay, we're gonna talk about the good shepherd today, but long before Jesus came on the scene, the, you know, these prophets talked about how people got in power in Israel, these different kings, and they were bad shepherds. They didn't take care of people. They didn't do things the right way. And because of their bad leadership, God was gonna do something about it, right? And I can only imagine that because of, of all the, the kings in the Old Testament, all the leaders, and, and then you think about the people that Jesus was talking to, um, now they had their Jewish leaders, they had the Roman leaders that had come in, and so they had different sets of leadership, and, and they didn't know who to trust, and, and there was conflict all over the place. And so when the Old Testament is talking about bad shepherds and bad leadership, and they knew that because they had the, the writings of the prophets, and then Jesus comes on the scene, and what does he say in John 10, 10? He says, I am the good shepherd. And not only that, but he says, the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. And so Jesus comes on the scene um, and to a people very much like us that didn't know who to trust, that didn't know what to put their faith in. And he said, hey, you know what? You can trust me. Not only can you trust me, but I'm gonna lay down my life for you. But here's the rub, just like we talked about last week. We as humans and as sheep, we follow whatever advice or info a lot of times that we find on our own rather than doing what actually works, right? Have you ever noticed that? I found it on the internet, it must be true. I found it somewhere and I found it with, with my own research and my own wherewithals, wherewithal, so it must be right. And we fall into this trap of, of listening to the wrong voices and following the wrong shepherds. But Jesus comes on the scene and makes this amazing statement, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd. Lots of bad shepherds had become, come before, but I'm the good shepherd. And it's just like the choice that we have to make in our life. Man, we're gonna, we're gonna face bad leaders in our life. We're gonna face friends that betray us. Sometimes you even face family that betrays you. I know, and let's just, let's just get right down home. 
I know that in my relationship with my friends, I haven't always been perfect. I know that in my leadership journey, as I've led people, I've made wrong decisions. And so I, I might as well lump myself in in that bad shepherd department because I'm not always good. I try my best, but as good as I try, I'm not always good. And so if you're counting on everybody in your life to always be good all the time, you're, 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 gonna, you're up for a massive letdown, right? But Jesus comes on the scene. He says, I am the good shepherd. And so what do we do with that? We're gonna dive into our notes today. And so blank number one, uh, we're gonna talk about three things. What do we do with Jesus, the good shepherd? So the first thing that we need to do is number one, we acknowledge that I'm a sheep. I've got to acknowledge that I'm a sheep. Now this is not popular language and I'm not gonna get into politics or anything, but I've even seen people on Facebook saying stuff like, uh, don't be a sheep or I'm, you know, and, and depending on the context of what they're talking about, that can mean all kinds of different things, right? But in this context, in, our, in your relationship with Jesus and in how you see yourself in, lot, in your life, this is something to embrace. In my relationship with Jesus, I'm the sheep. I am a sheep. Just before Jesus starts talking about being the good shepherd, though, he's talking to the Pharisees and he wanted to show those who think they could see that they are blind. He wanted to show these Pharisees that they that thought they had everything together, that they were actually blind. And so in John 9, 41, just before Jesus comes out and says he's a good shepherd, he said to the Pharisees, he said, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. You see, big problem that most of us have is that we can't see that we're a sheep. We can't see that we get lost easily. We can't see that we're defenseless. We can't see that we're stubborn. We can't see that we're filthy. You know, sheep have all kinds of qualities. And one thing I love to do when I, when we, back when we lived in Illinois, we went to this fair called the Sandwich Fair. And we would go walk amongst all the animals and we'd see the sheep and we'd see the goats and we'd see the, see the pigs. And man, when, when, I, when you're at the fair and you see them up close, oh, they're just nice and cuddly and cute. And my wife, Jolie, would snuggle all up to the sheep and take pictures. And I'm like, you really wanna get that close to that, that sheep's face? Those are nasty, dirty animals. But she loved it, right? She was snuggling up, taking selfies with the sheep, taking selfies with the goats. I'm like, I'm not getting that close to them because they're gross, right? And, and so, but, but, we tend to look at ourselves with rose-colored glasses. I'm not a sheep. I'm not lost. I'm not stubborn. I'm not defenseless. I can take care of myself. I'm not filthy. But when Jesus looks at you, and don't take this offense, you know, don't take offense of this, but he says, hey, you're my sheep. You're my sheep. Listen, how you see yourself, and especially how you see yourself in relationship to Jesus is the most important thing about you. How you see yourself in relationship to Jesus is the most important thing about you. Because if you don't see where he is and where you're at and your place in his life, you know, we always think about what's God's place in my life. But we need to turn that around and say, what's my place in his life? And my place in his life is I am the sheep of his pasture and he's my shepherd. And so I acknowledge that I'm a sheep. Last week we talked about how this word believe in the, in the book of John, it's that Greek word, 
pistiwo. And it's to acknowledge the truth as truth, to see ourselves and see life and see Jesus and see truth as it really is and acknowledge it as it is, to face reality. And so if I'm gonna face reality and think, man, I'm a sheep, then what are sheep like? Sheep get lost. So what does that mean for me? I'm lost without Christ. Sheep are defenseless. They can't, they can't defend themselves against predators. What does Jesus say in John 10, 10? He says, the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. Man, part of seeing life as it truly is, is realizing that there is a thief, there's a lion, there's, a, there's an enemy of my soul and he's out on the prowl and he wants to destroy me. You might say, Joe, I came to church to get encouraged today and that's not very encouraging. Well, the encouraging part is that Jesus is way more powerful, but you've got to face the reality that you're a sheep, I'm a sheep, and somebody's out to get us. And without him, without Jesus, who's the gate, he's the gatekeeper, he's the one keeping the predators out. Without him, I have no defense. Without him, I can't take care of myself. Without him, I can't get through life. I'm defenseless. In verse one of John 10, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. Listen, there's all kinds of thieves and robbers. You know, the, 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 the devil and his minions, it's real, that are coming after you. They wanna destroy your family. They wanna destroy your heart. They wanna destroy your life. They wanna destroy your self-esteem. They wanna destroy every facet of who you are. And Jesus says, though, I'm the gate. I'm the shepherd. I'm going to protect, protect you. Sheep are stubborn. Anybody relate to that? I can. I, am, I, I get defensive, right? You come at me, and the first thing that I do is this, right? Let's go, right? I love a good conversation. I love a, I love a good fight. And then later on, I go and chew on it, and I'm like, man, I was wrong, <laughs> I'm so stupid, right? But when, when somebody first comes at you, you're like, ah. And that's what we do. We're stubborn. We're filthy. The Bible says that, that, that every single one of us, our righteousness is like filthy rags. We've got nothing good to offer Jesus. Thank goodness that he's our shepherd because we can't clean ourselves on our own. We can't wash our, our hearts free from sin or free from junk or free from the guilt and the shame and the regret of our past, we need Jesus. And the best thing of all is that you can be all these things. You can be lost and defenseless and stubborn and filthy, and he still loves you. He still loves you just as you are and way too much to keep you that way. He's going to take you and he's going to lead you and he's going to guide you. He's going to clean you. He's going to protect you but you need him. Sheep have this desperation for their shepherd because they know that without him, they're lost. The second thing that we, that we need to, to do if we're gonna follow Jesus, the good shepherd, is we need to learn to recognize the voice of the shepherd. We need to learn to recognize the voice of the shepherd. In John 10, 11 through 13, he says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. 
And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hands run away because he's working only for money and doesn't really care about the sheep. And then in verse 14, he says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. They know his voice. And so the question for you and for me is, can I tell the difference between the shepherd and the hired hand? Can I tell the difference between the shepherd and the voices of the thieves and the robbers that are coming from my life? And am I listening to the right voice? Am I even trying to hear it? Am I tuning in? Am I, am I listening for that still small voice? Am I willing to listen to the voice that is most invested in my life? Listen, life is so much better when we follow the voice of the shepherd. As I was studying uh, this this week and, 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 and unpacking this in my heart, I read about how in the Middle East, you know, in the context where this was written, shepherds would often stand, spend the night in caves together. So multiple shepherds with multiple flocks, they would get all the sheep into the cave, right? To, to, because they wanted to be safe from the predators that would come at night to try to kill the sheep. And the, sheep would, or the, the shepherds would actually sleep across the entrance of the cave. And so it was like a physical barrier. They were laying their own lives down at the entrance of the cave so that they would know if any predator would try to come in. So they were literally laying their lives down physically to protect the sheep. And then in the morning... Um, when they would come out and all the sheep would come out and, and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's hard to tell which sheep are, belong to this shepherd and which sheep belong to this other shepherd. And so the shepherds would separate and go uh, a ways away from each other and then begin to call out to their sheep. And the sheep knew the voice of their shepherd. They knew it so well that, that, that gradually the sheep would go towards their own shepherd because they knew the specific voice of their shepherd. Man, to me, when I hear that, I'm like, that one, number one, that is so cool. And number two, it's super convicting. Because when I hear all the different voices going on in my life, all the voices of division, man, you get on Facebook and it's like, man, everybody's, everybody's like <laughs> at everybody's throats. And you don't know what to believe and you don't know what to think and you don't know what to do. It's like, am I hearing Jesus' voice through all that? Am I hearing him? Man, when I hear my own self-defeating voices, when I hear myself telling myself I'm not good enough, can I hear the voice of my shepherd calling me back to himself? Man, when I hear these voices in life of that I'm nothing but a failure, can I hear the voice of the shepherd calling me to himself. When life gets complicated, and maybe you're, you're married and, and you're going through stuff that you, you didn't expect. You thought that your marriage was just gonna be perfect and, and things were sort of just gonna be awesome, and all of a sudden, maybe you're newly married and you hit your first big fight and you're still not over it. Maybe it even happened a year ago and you still don't know what to do. Man, when life gets complicated, can I hear the voice of the shepherd? Can I hear him leading me and guiding me through it? He's the voice that calms the storm. He's the voice that calls you out when you're wrong. 
He's the voice that gives you perspective when life doesn't make sense. The question is, do I know it? Can I hear it? In John 10, 16, Jesus says something super encouraging. He says, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Let's think about that for a second. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I will bring them also. Maybe you're here today and you're like, Joe, I don't know God's voice. I don't know what it sounds like. I don't know what he wants. If he, if he called me, I wouldn't know it. And guess what? Jesus knows that. He's like, he sees you. Maybe you're that other sheep and you're not in yet. But guess what? It says they will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. And so if you're outside of the pen, if you're outside of the group, if you're outside of the family of God today, guess what? Jesus sees you and he's calling out to you and he's saying, come on, come home, come be a part of the family. He's saying it's possible. Yes, even you. Even with your stubbornness and your filthiness and all the stuff that you're carrying and you're lost and you're defenseless and you've been beaten down and, and, and you, you've been away so long that your, your sheep fur is all matted and gross and, and you need to go over to the groomer and just get all that stuff combed out, right? I see people bring their dog over to this groomer every day and some of them come in all mangy and they come out looking like heaven, Right? It's like slow motion, those dogs come out of there and their, their fur's bouncing back and forth. And, and it's like, man, when you come to Jesus, you're all matted and you're all, but hey, he calls you, you hear his voice and he sets you free, right? What's cool is that you hear this and you, you read this and Jesus is like, I see you even though you're not in the family yet. I see you even though you're far from me, but they'll listen to my voice. And I just want to challenge you today. It's time to start listening. It's time to start distinguishing the voice of Jesus over all the other voices that you're hearing. It's bigger than the news. It's bigger than Fox News. It's bigger than CNN. It's bigger than whatever channel you're getting your news outlet. Guess what? News is not scripture. It's not. Guess what? Politics don't have anything to do with Jesus's voice. Nothing. And so whatever side you've burrowed yourself into, so much so that you can't even hear the voice of your father anymore, guess what? They will listen to my voice. Start listening. What's Jesus saying to you? What's Jesus saying to you? The, the one thing that I love is that this can happen even before conversion, even before you give your heart to Christ because he's leading you and he's guiding you. The Bible says that his kindness leads you towards repentance. And he whispers in your heart and in your life, hey, something's gotta change. Something's not right. And you know, when you hear the voice of the Father, you know it. And it's not, it's not the pizza you ate last night it's not that Mexican food that's, that's rumbling in your, in your, in your tummy. No, when, when he speaks, you know it. And he's whispering in your heart. He's saying, there's a better way. There's a better way through life. And I know that he's saying, I know people let you down. I know they've broken your heart. I know that you're carrying a lot of baggage. I know that you're stuck in your pain and your addiction and all the junk. But I want to lead you. I want to guide you. 
I know you've been burned before, but I'm the good shepherd. Amen? Let's read Psalm 23 together. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I won't be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. How cool is that? Amen. Listen, abundant life is contentment in the voice and presence of the good shepherd. He's meant to be the center, the source, the focus, the reason for your life. Everything that you need is found in his voice. But we've got to listen. The third thing that we got to do, if, if, if Jesus is going to be the good shepherd in our life, we have to make a choice to follow the shepherd. And so let's go back to the scene, all right? So in the, in the chapter before, Jesus had healed a blind man. He'd called the Pharisees out for being blind, even though they thought they could see, right? And then he's like, hey, I'm the shepherd. You're my sheep. And then at the end of this uh, happening, in John 10, 19, it says this. When he had said these things, the people again were divided in their opinions about him. Some said he's demon possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Right? Man, this sounds just like our world. We're divided. Opinions everywhere right? How many of you are sick of listening to other people's opinions, right? <laughs> Two hands up. We're tired of it. It's like, it can even be good opinions, but we're just so weary of the tension. We're weary of the heartache and the heartbreak and just constantly being at odds with each other. I don't know if, if you are, but I am. Some people I think are just, they thrive on the drama and they're like, what am I gonna see on Facebook today? Ooh, that was a good one. That was a zinger. Ooh, they really got them there. And, we, we, and some of you might even love it. Well, guess what? I don't. I'm just tired of it. And so the same thing we see happening in John 10, 19. Jesus said who he was. He said how he wanted to love people and lay down his life for people and all this. And people are like, I don't know. I don't know. Right? It's so tiring. But just like they had to make a choice, we have to make a choice. This is the one tension in your life that is worth facing. This is the one thing in your life that it's worth wading into. It's the one thing in your life that it's like, it, this is the big thing that it's like, okay, I have to make this choice. I might not have to figure out all the arguments between my friends or my family. I might not have to be the, the, the one that, that gives an account or an answer for that, but I do have to decide what am I gonna do with Jesus? 
You know, I, th- I saw a quote recently that, that kind of speaks to this matter. Jesus, he came and he did all these miracles. He, he uh, was then falsely accused. And as he's going through the whole, um, the trial process and he's with Pilate and the people are, are crying out for him to be crucified. Pilate comes up with this great idea. Hey, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll give them an option to set a prisoner free and maybe they'll want to set Jesus free, right? And so he says, hey, you can set somebody free. And so what do they do? They, they want Barabbas. They want this guy who is evil, right? The crowd chose Barabbas over Jesus, the one that had been healing and loving and laying down his life for people. And why do they do that? They didn't do it because they loved him. They did it, did it because they hated the truth. They didn't choose Barabbas because they loved Barabbas. They chose Barabbas because they hated the truth so much. They hated that they would have to say, I was wrong. They hated it that they would have to be like, I, wanna, I need to lay my life down for Jesus. And so in John 10, 24 through 30, you know, people are fighting. They're like, is Jesus you know, the Messiah, is they not? And so in, in verse 24, they say, if you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus replies, I've already told you and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my father's name, but you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me and he's more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. The father and I are one. Mic drop, right? Jesus is like, hey, this is who I am. This is who I can be for you. I'm the good shepherd. You could be my sheep, but hey, if you're not jumping on board, Why? Because you haven't chosen to be my sheep. We all have choice. And the Bible's very clear that you get one life to make this choice. You get one chance. Am I gonna get in the flock? Am I gonna be a a sheep? Am I gonna be somebody that, that, that follows Jesus, the one who laid down his life for me on a cross? Am I gonna be somebody that, that listens for his voice and elevates his voice above every voice of culture and society? Am I gonna elevate his voice and make it the most important voice in my life, the one that leads me and guides me and cleans me and comforts me is my source? Or am I gonna say no? It's our choice today. Listen, Jesus, want, Jesus is fully committed to you. What did it say? I'm the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus is fully committed to you today and he wants full commitment from you. And it starts with believing in him and his words. I'm a sheep. It starts with following his voice. And when everyone is going one way, you go his when everybody is is succumbing to the the thoughts and the opinions of this world, I'm going to listen to what he says and I'm going to do what he says and I'm going to honor what he says and I'm going to let him lead me beside still waters. I'm going to let him bring peace into my life. I'm going to elevate his voice higher than all the noise. Amen? Amen. As we close today, if you could bow your heads and close your eyes. Jesus, we need your voice. 
We need you. God, as we make this choice, who are we gonna believe? Who are we gonna believe? Who are we gonna trust? Jesus, we wanna trust you. We wanna believe in you. We wanna elevate your voice higher than all the other voices in our life, God. I pray for every single person in this place. There's people here that have been burned by bad leadership. God, there's people here that have been burned by broken relationships. God, there's people here that, that have a hard time trusting anyone. But God, I pray that right now your still small voice breaks through all the noise, speaks to them right where they're at, and helps them to trust you today. If you're here today and you say, hey, Joe, it's time. As everybody's throwing out their opinions and everybody's you know, saying what they believe and, 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 and all that, it's time for me to side with Jesus. It's time for me to settle once, or, once and for all what I believe about him. And if you're ready this morning to say that I believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died for me on the cross, that he rose again on the third day, that he really is who he said he was. And amidst all the opinions of this world, I'm gonna say yes to Jesus. If that's you today, as boldly as you can, can you lift your hand to heaven and say, God, that's me. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for saying yes to Jesus. Man, that makes my heart happy, but it's nothing compared to what God's heart for, is for you right now. As he watches his, his, his people come home, as he watches his people say yes to him. Man, I love that. Thank you for saying yes to Jesus today. Right there at your seat, I just encourage you to say a prayer on your own, inviting Jesus to come into your life. And you might say, Joe, I've never prayed before. That's okay. You could pray a simple prayer that just says, Jesus, I believe in you. I trust you with my life. Help me to follow you. Help me to hear your voice. Jesus, help me to distinguish your voice above the, all the other voices in life. God, help me to acknowledge the truth as truth and follow you. In Jesus' name.